to Menopause Morph, your time to change. We're here to help you thrive through your menopause, bringing you experts in many fields to help you from perimenopause to menopause and beyond to become the strong, vibrant woman nature intended you to be. Hosted by Pauline McCarthy of the Pearls of Pauline. Pearls of wisdom, compassion, and joy. Hello, welcome to this week's Menopause Morph. Today we have a lovely lady with us. Her name is Dr. Tracy Bennett. Dr. Tracy is a grateful mother of three feisty kids aged 21, 13 and 11. A licensed clinical psychologist in private practice treating children, teens, adults and families for over 20 years. She's an adjunct faculty in clinical and abnormal psychology and addiction studies at California State University, Channel Islands, California, USA. She created GetKidsInternetSafe.com in response to parenting her own kids in the digital age and in response to serious internet issues appearing in epidemic numbers in her practice. Dr. Tracy is only 47 years old and menopausal. Two and a half years ago, her father died and she was the executor of his estate and found herself self-representing in a lawsuit with one of her properties, one of his properties rather. A year later, her stepmother died and her mother became incapacitated by dementia. Dr. Tracy single-handedly had to get conservatorship, find her mother appropriate memory care and sell her home, etc. With outright hostile family members sabotaging the process, what a nightmare, all while perimenopausal. She was buried in every way you can imagine. She coped by launching a third business. Counterintuitive, you would think, wouldn't you? But she swears it saved her. It gave her something fun and stimulating to be passionate about and gave her occasional respite from grief and overwhelm. So welcome, Dr. Tracy. Lovely to have you here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Okay. So could you tell us a little bit about your um, your perimenopausal symptoms and how, how it affected you at that really stressful time in your life? Sure. So I think I started really getting them when I was about 42, I would say. And uh, it was a little earlier than I expected. So I didn't recognize them right away. And I noticed that I was having PMS symptoms that I'd never had before, you know, painful cramps and irregular periods and more irritability. And I think um, I've always kind of prided myself in being a very calm person, especially in, you know, the face of crisis. And I would find myself kind of like this feeling of agitation. I described it as like a buzzing under my skin, just like I felt like something was wrong even though when I looked around, nothing was actually wrong. And uh, it, it got uncomfortable. And luckily I had my best friend's 10 years older than me. And she'd said, um, I think you're going through perimenopause. And my advice to you is don't suffer. She was a teacher and she said, you know, and she loves teaching and she's a gifted teacher. And she said one day she woke up and she was just furious at the kids. Like she was so mad. And she, it was alarming to her because she never felt that way. And so she went on hormones. And so she told me, you know, don't suffer, Trace, take something right away to help yourself get through it. But my problem was like, every time I thought I was suffering, they would kind of go away. Mm-hmm. You know, the symptoms, of the symptoms yeah. yeah. So I went to see my doctor, I got referred to a female physician who's a specialist in menopause, which is my first best thing I did. Mm-hmm. And she spent a lot of time with me and did a full workup, which I had never had in my life, actually. 
And um, she tested my hormones and she said, actually, I had buckets of estrogen, she said, um, more than young women have. And it, I was like, well, then why am I having all these symptoms? And she said, sometimes you get that, that storm before the calm and that it may be that I'm not processing the estrogen efficiently anymore because my progesterone was low. So she went over some dietary changes I could do, really stressed I needed to do more exercise and reduce my stress. And I took progesterone for a month, like from a Yucatan yam or something. Uh -huh. <laughs> it, it seemed to work, but then I went off it and, and I didn't take anything after that. I kind of pieced together a mosaic of lots of different things that I needed to be okay through the process. Okay. And was there anything in particular that helped you through that time? Well, behavioral methods, you know, I would say I'm a clinical psychologist. I've been in practice for over 20 years and I've treated a lot of menopausal and perimenopausal women. I will say this experience gave me a lot more education. You know, I think I'm a lot more compassionate yeah, now that sympathy. I've been through it myself. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, a hot flash isn't just a like, oh, I'm hot. Like it's a, you're on fire yeah. for a little while, you know, and then you don't know if anybody else is hot or if it's just you. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, you know, during that intro you read, I just was buried in so much stress more than I'd ever had in my life. And it was stress I couldn't really get out from under, you know, it was stuff that was kind of foisted upon me. So it wasn't things I chose and I was the only person to manage it. And it, it was just really difficult. So I did lots of things. I started exercising first thing in the morning before I could even come up with excuses, like literally rolled out of bed, brushed my teeth, got dressed, put my hair in a ponytail and met my best friend outside and walked four miles in the morning. First thing, like it's six 30. That helped a lot because I found that if I didn't do that, my irritable mood would kind of build upon itself. But if I had a good long walk with someone that makes me laugh, it was my best medicine of everything. They do say laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> yeah, it was that laughter and that exercise together. And, you know, I changed my diet some. I'm not great at that. And I just got really choosy about who my friends were and how I spent my private time. Mm -hmm. And and I started Get Kids Internet Safe. You know, yeah. I, I, I looked around. I thought about how I'd handled stress in the past. And I'm a life learner, you know, because I have a PhD. I, I love going to school. I love, I teach at the university. I just like put me on a research project and I'm as happy as I can possibly be. And I had a friend approach me who said, look, you're doing all this great work at home and your clinical practice, you're perfect for a web-based business. Why don't you try to reach more people? And it was intimidating because you have to learn, you know, how yeah. to set up a website and how to design it and how to maintain it. And yeah, I had to go back and learn marketing and networking and all, you name it. Plus, build a parent parenting courses, which is what I do for Get Kids Internet Safe. I have a weekly blog that offers parents free information so that they can get screen safe without spending a lot of money or time. And then I also did some online video parenting courses. So I did all that. Anyway, my point is I was a one woman show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I didn't I, I, I spend money on it yet. Yeah. I think a lot of menopausal women that are in that stage where their hormones are leaving them and they've, all their life they've been thinking, looking after the kids, looking after the husband, looking after the job. And maybe they're, they're not really happy. And when one, the hormones leave them, it's like, uh, what? why was I doing this crazy stuff all these years? Like, I want to be happy. And in, in menopause more, 
we are trying to encourage women to start their own business, to do what they want to do, to become the beautiful butterflies. We are in the chrysalis stage just now and our bodies are hot and sticky and we're all changing and it's like we're going to come out as beautiful butterflies. But what is that butterfly going to do? You know, and we should do what my, my talk is covered in butterflies today. Can you see it? <laughs> yeah. To be happy, you have to do something that you love. You know, they say do what you love. It's obvious from talks that we've had before that you really love your kids and you want them to be safe. And this is why you, you started this programme. I think it's a great thing because sometimes people will say, oh, I don't know what to do. I, you know, I'd like to be more and boss, but I, I don't know what to do. But think of something you really love and something you, you, want, to, you want to do. And there is, there is always something if you really put your mind to it. And so, and of course, many menopausal women, we don't have young kids, but some of us have grandchildren. So I think this would be really good to get to know this. Give us again URL. GetKidsInternetSafe.com. No spaces. Okay. Get- and- and does it, does it cost anything or, or is it free? No, you have, well, in order to get to the blog, you just have to provide your email address and mm-hmm. it stays with me. I don't give it away to anybody. And then once a week, you get a free blog article delivered to your mailbox. And that part's free. I have like 78 blogs or something. So it's stuff like how to get a restful sleep by avoiding screen media and certain parenting strategies sex ed, marketing that neuromarketing that happens with gaming devices and on-screen behavior. I mean, lots and lots of different articles that not only talk about the risks of screen media and the benefits of screen media, but what kind of parenting strategies to implement to keep your kids internet safe. And do you have it for certain age groups? Because I would imagine that things that you would need to be concerned about for young kids, you know, like in kindergarten would be different from kids in high school, would be different from kids in college. Very much. Yeah. No, I talk about from zero to 17, really, because screens are now marketed for infants and toddlers, which is a tragedy because we don't have science behind that at this point. There's no learning to be done on the screen other than interactional um, video, like what we're doing, Skype. Uh, So I I talk about developmental characteristics of every age group Mm -hmm. and how screen media can integrate into a child's life without interfering with other healthy activities. And, you know, it feels good to, here's why I love Get Kids Internet Safe, because I've, I love children. I raised mine to 21 without much issue because social media wasn't that big then. But now my 13 and my 11 year old, they've had handheld devices in their hands since they were little teeny. And it's just changed dramatically. So I've been mothering for 21 years you know, got my oldest through and then the little ones, I really needed to like build a program. And so, you know, my selfish activity of starting a business to help myself get through a tough time still gives service. It still makes the world a better place. You know, it's good for my kids. It's good for my clients and it's, it's good for parents. So it's a feel good, selfish activity, you know? And I come from a family of addiction. So I was thinking, geez, you know, I don't want to slip into something that's going to be dangerous for me. So I thought, what am I addicted to? And I was like, well, I really like my screen media and I really like research. So maybe I can turn this passion that I like into something that's really good for me and my clients and the public. Do you think some of this internet stuff is bad for adults as well without them really realizing it? There's no question. I wrote an article, your cell phone is a nuclear football. And do you know what a nuclear football is? Nobody seems to know. The nuclear football is the black briefcase that the American 
president has within five feet from him that has oh, yeah. the the nuclear disarmament codes, uh-huh. disarmament codes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I understand that. So I treat kids, teenagers, and adults in my practice. Uh-huh. And oh my goodness, the shenanigans that happen on screen media. And it's not just kids and teenagers, adults as well. I think we just don't know how to manage it very well. And we don't anticipate what kind of consequences there are. So it takes a deliberate strategy for us too, so that it doesn't interfere with our relationships, with our parenting. You know, when I started this business, I sat the kids and my husband down and I said, look, you guys, I have been being, I've been a mom for 21 years. I do all the cooking and the cleaning and the grocery shopping and I work and I just can't do it anymore. I'm worn out this is too hard for me. I need your help. So my husband, which is amazing. Now I wish I'd have asked for it sooner. Yeah. He said, I'll start cooking. I'll do the shopping and the cooking. And I was like, okay. You know, and he started and he just grilled meat and did a bag of salad. <laughs> you know. And you know what? I was like, beggars cannot be choosers. I'm not going to complain. And since then he's broadened into all these great meals and he still does the most of the cooking and not the cleaning, the cooking and the grocery shopping. And then the babies, I said, you guys, what would you think if I started another business? I'd be working more here and there on the weekends and writing and I wouldn't be as available to you. But you know, I really need something for me now. Mm -hmm. And they were like, okay, we'll, we'll do whatever you need to mom, you know? Uh And I I let the house get a little messier. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a conversation like that with my boys. We were sitting around the dinner table and I said to them, okay, I do everything around here. And now it's time. I want you guys to do your own laundry. And the two, you know, I have two teenage boys and they went, oh, laundry, you know, and my husband was laughing. (laughs) And I said, what are you laughing at? You're doing your laundry as well. (laughs) (laughs) And did everything turn pink for a while? Because they put the Actually, actually my husband went into sort of protest and what he did was he didn't do any laundry at all. And I didn't realize how many clothes he had. And I think it was actually three months. And this pile of laundry was almost reaching the roof until he had nothing left to wear. Then he did laundry for one week. (laughs) But now he he does it. I love it. Worst case scenario, they never pick it up. And then they at least appreciate what you've been doing for the past however many years. Because it does get to the stage where you realize, like, I didn't sign a contract that said I would do all the laundry or I would do all the meals or I would do all the cleaning. And it's like, new contract, let's start here right now. Yeah, being a mom shouldn't be being everybody's servant. And I think we're that more that than ever before. In today's society, parenting means that you don't let your kids out of the house because you're scared of neighborhood predators, Mm -hmm. right? And you have to put sign them up for these organized activities and provide transportation so they have this enriched environment. And you have to play with them because if you don't, they're bored or they go on their screens all the time. It's just a hard time to be a good parent. That's part of why I did the Get Kids Internet Safe. I came up with all these weird strategies to keep them off their screens, but also free me because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to feel like a servant to the point where I was resentful or cranky or mean to them. My youngest is still 11. I have a while. So I was thinking, I can't retire from parenting just because I'm worn out or because I'm agitated or because I'm perimenopausal or menopausal now. 
by the way, it's a lot easier once you get over the perimenopause. Now I'm kind of like <laughs> smooth sailing. I'm like, wow, it's so great to be out of that. Yeah. But, you, you know, do you still get some symptoms sometimes? I get um, hot flashes on occasion, but nothing like I used to. Mm-hmm. My hot flashes are weird. A lot of women say that their hot flashes wake them up. But mine come on after I wake up. So if I wake up at like 3 a.m., say, if I lay there, you can almost count it, 10, 9, 8, and suddenly I feel the fire, like, you know, from my core out. And so it's not, I don't think they wake me up. I think that my cortisol spikes when I wake up and then it's almost like an anxious flush. And then I get that flush and I'm not a sweater. So I really just like catch fire. Like literally just flame. Sometimes sometimes (laughs) I would wake up completely drowned in sweat. It wasn't a hot flash. It was like a hot flood. And I would have a clean sheet and pillowcase and a duvet cover at the side. But sometimes it was so bad. I had to get up again in the middle of the night and go and search for another one because it was so wet. My husband didn't like it at all, you know. And I said, what are you complaining about? You've got such a hot babe in your bed. My husband knows I'm having one because I flop the blankets like I'm like flap. And, you know, so my my friend Gail, who does a ton of research, she takes apple cider vinegar with mother. She takes a tablespoon a week. And she told me that that made her hot flashes go away. She swears by it. So I have done the same thing with that remedy that I did with everything else. I get all geared up to take it. My husband went to Whole Foods, the only place you can get it with mother, you know, and uh, picked it up. And I still haven't tried it because they keep going away. (laughs) They're they're, they're scared of your your, um, remedies. (laughs) Oh, oh, darn. Here comes the the medicine. I'm very glad to hear that you're looking at natural remedies because... Sometimes women, they don't realize that there are a lot of natural remedies. They go to the doctor and, you know, as you were saying earlier that your friend was recommending, oh, just go and take HRT, you know. And a lot of doctors, when you go to them, they have so little training in menopause that they just start, they're starting to write out the prescription, you know, before you've even finished your sentence. And they don't realize that there are many, many natural ways to overcome the symptoms. Yes. I just don't think you should hold yourself back. Like you should really try and see what works for you. I'm married to a psychiatrist, right? So he's a specialist with antidepressants. And a lot of women start with antidepressants. They don't even mess with the hormones and it works beautifully. And believe me, my husband on occasion was like, honey, you think you're ready to try an antidepressant? <laughs> you know, like even you out. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm ready. But then I'd be like, nope, I'm good. Like I'm fine now. I don't need it. You know, I had, so I, I started, not doing it. Yeah, I, I started having extreme symptoms when I was 40. And I went to my family GP and he says, oh, it's typical menopause symptoms. He, at that time, he gave me HRT and, and antidepressants. And he said to me, oh, actually, the antidepressants will probably help you better than the HRT. I said, okay. And I was under a, an extreme lot of stress at the time. But I was one of these super mums that, that coped with all the stress. And people would say to me, how can you cope with all this? You know, because my husband was really sick and I had an autistic child and, and many, many, many problems. And then um, I took these antidepressants for two weeks. And one day after two weeks, I walked into the bathroom and I saw this big fat woman in the mirror. And I actually turned around and, to see who was that? Who's that big fat woman? And then I realized it was me. And I had put on 30 kilos. 30 kilos. I don't know what that is in pounds, but that's a lot. You know, like when I, I had been 60 kilos and then I was 90 kilos. So I'd put on like 50% of my body weight extra 
And because I'd probably been depressed for many years and wasn't even aware of it because I was trying to be super, I think so many of us we want to be superwoman and cope. And as you were saying, like some people turn to drink and alcohol or drugs or something like that. And my drug of choice was chocolate and ice cream. And as long as I had my chocolate and ice cream and my, my snacks, I could sail through anything. That little high would get me through it. And now, just after that, then I began to realize, oh, I have to do something about this. But if I hadn't been taking those antidepressants, I would probably still be, I'd probably be 120 kilos, maybe. But of course, I only took them for a couple of years. I don't take them anymore. And now I'm at the stage where I want to cut out as many medicines as possible and cope with things naturally, because there are natural things out there that can help us. Yeah. You know, I think that we as women, it's one of the reasons I love being on your show. And I, I'm so grateful to you for having it. Because, you know, when you're in that place, you just need help. You just need to hear from other women. You don't need to be judged or shamed or lectured. You know, you just, you got to find what works for you. And usually it's more than one thing. You know, I was trying everything. I was spending time with people that made me laugh. I was exercising. I was trying to cut down my responsibilities and my stresses at home. You know, and if taking antidepressant takes that edge off, take the antidepressant. You don't want the symptoms to interfere with your relationship with the people you love the most. And even more dangerous, you don't want it to interfere with your relationship with yourself. I mean, the shame when you're not feeling good or when you yell at somebody or you lose your temper, you know, that's really destructive. And I think that we need to support each other, you know, whether it's apple cider vinegar, antidepressant exercise or coffee with your girlfriends or starting a third business, you know, whatever it is that you can do that is healthy and is, is going to make an impact. We need to support each other through that. You know, and that's one of the reasons I kind of wanted to tell you, look, I was young. I was in the midst of terrible turmoil, emotional turmoil. And, you know, I came out okay. I mean, I still have a long life to live, so we hope it continues. Uh I I was quite interested about how your symptoms started quite young and how you were surprised how, you know, how young it started. Because a lot, a lot of women, they start them getting menopausal symptoms in their 30s. But we tend to think it's an old woman's thing, you know. Right. It's like, I'm not old. I'm not old. No. <laughs> well, and my mom didn't give me any, you know, I said, mom, how old are you when you started? She goes, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't. I mean, that's all. And then I heard, I had one cousin that said, oh yeah, the Bennett women start young. Uh, my dad's side. That's the only advice or support I got. That is kind of sad. I think I'm going to do that differently for my daughters. I'm going to let them know along the way that what to look for, to have a lot of self-compassion while they're going through it. And certainly to keep your marriage strong, because I was really hard on my husband. You know, when I was feeling agitated, he was my lightning rod. He stuck up the highest. So I was like, I'm not happy and it must be our marriage. (laughs) The truth is our marriage did need some help. We'd been raising kids for 21 years and not really taking care of ourselves. We didn't go away for weekends and we weren't spending enough time together. And that was another thing I added in that I really needed. Yeah, you know, he's kind of independent. <laughs> yeah, he's he's kind of cool being home. Mm-hmm. I am the adventurer one, so I'm like I need to go into the city once in a while and go to concerts once in a while and just go have a happy hour snack once in a mm-hmm. while. It took me enforcing it, like me saying, "Honey, I need you to be there for me, like to listen to me, just me, not with the kids. Cause you know, as soon as you start talking or hugging, the kids are like, right in the middle. (laughs) 
And he did that for me and it saved us. We were kind of in trouble for a little bit because I was questioning us and picking on him and saying, I want us to be better. And he agreed. He wanted us to be better too. And that was another big impact on my life is when he really, you know, honored what I was going through by sitting and listening to me talk about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, yeah. A lot of women, sadly, get divorced during their perimenopausal years. And then a few years later, when their symptoms subside, you think, why did I get divorced? I still love this guy. Which I totally get. I mean, I was kind of wacky for several years there, like yeah. kind of wacky. I even hung out with friends that I hadn't hung out with. I, I kind of, it was like a second adolescence. <laughs> I was silly and I was super into funny and I was like more active for a little while. And I don't know. It was really interesting. And that's the lens that I was looking at my marriage. Like, okay, is this, we've been married 20 years. Do we want to do our next 20 like this? And thank goodness I didn't make any big changes. I mean, I almost feel like we should have a warning sign. Don't make big decisions During your while you're in perimenopausal because you're kind of like this. Exactly. And a lot of it's that agitation. It's not really, you know, there the problems are there, but they look like they're this big and they're really, <laughs> you know, like, and once you get through it, you're like, I, wow. that sock from the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pick up one more sock ever again, like ever, you know, then you get through it and you're like, wow, I was kind of freaking out, you know, and women, don't we need to tell each other that? So we don't feel like we're the only yeah. ones going through it. I mean, this is the, this is why I started menopause morph because it's not spoken about. It's still in the closet. It's like a taboo subject. And when I got my period, I knew nothing about it. I started to get my period in school and I went home to tell my mother that I was dying. <laughs> I'm hemorrhaging, mom. I'm hemorrhaging. You're all sad. <laughs> and so I didn't. I vowed to myself then that I would always know what was happening with my body. And actually, I studied medical science. So I thought I knew about my body. And when, when I started having these symptoms and the doctors had menopause, I didn't know anything about menopause. And when I looked online, it was like a few, this was maybe five or six years ago, there was just talking about hormones and estrogen and luteinizing hormones, but no support group or no, no I, my question was, when is it going to end? And, and I couldn't find the answer to that anywhere. And so I just felt, this is, this is insane. This is something that every single woman, if she lives long enough, is going to go through. And everybody else has to put up with all crazy bitches. Right? So why is it men had to go through that? There would be millions thrown at it. Wouldn't there? Wouldn't yeah. There? yeah. So yep. I think the more we talk about it, the more we can make it socially acceptable to talk about it. And if, mm -hmm. and if you're not covered in shame, you'll have a sense of humor. Yeah. And you it's know? great just now there's a lot of um, actresses and, and famous people beginning to talk about it i think our generation is like like the generation before they were like more sedate and but now they're like the flower power people are coming to that's right you know, they're like we're you know, we're not from anybody <laughs> <laughs> we need to come up with a movement like it's like the burning the bra movement but for yeah. menopause right i don't know what that would be like burning sanitary napkins <laughs> But you know what? Being menopausal is pretty rad. You got to admit, it's pretty uh -huh. awesome, you know, because you don't have that to worry about. You don't have the cramping, all the, you don't have a period anymore. And you're at a point where you really know who you are. You know what you like. Yeah. You're not so eager to please everybody anymore. You know, you get to follow your passions and not be super woman to everybody because you can't do everything no. great at once. And yeah, I, I think I, at my age, I recognize that 
I can only be good at a couple things at a time and it's okay if I'm not great at everything. You know, I'll just rotate it. I'll be really good at cooking this week, but I'm going to have to retire that and be better at mothering. Yeah. Yeah, as you said, often we think on too many things. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's very difficult for many women to say no. When somebody asks you to do something, it's very difficult to say no. And in a couple of weeks' time, we will have an interview with a lady who's going to teach us how to say no with style. <laughs> I like it. I love it. With heart and style, it's going to be great. I was talking to her yesterday and I said, oh, I really need this. I really need this. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, this is my first interview where I actually got to talk about my personal life because I'm usually, you know, plugging Get Kids Internet Safe, which I'm super passionate about and I love it. Um, But, you know, my message is Uh that, you know, as a woman, you can start a new career, you know, with all that angst. You can do service with all that angst. Uh, You don't have to just keep doing what you've been doing. I know you're in a rush so thank you very much for coming it's been really much fun hopefully when I come to the states I'll come and visit you I would love it I would love it and I'll do the same with Iceland oh your pocket skill (laughs) all the listeners if you want to come to Iceland just give me a shout and I'll tell you the best places how long of a plane flight is Iceland to California you know I've been many times to New York and that's about five hours so you have to add on the hours from New York to Okay, California. so it's not that far. No. Not that far. And, we're and we're uh, thinking uh, of doing an Africa trip this summer, a service trip. So I'm going to drag my 11 and 13-year-old and my husband and go to Tanzania and do a service vacation where we yeah. go into a village and teach English or help with study skills or hygiene or something so my kids can get an experience of another culture and then maybe take a weekend safari too and see okay, animals. that would be nice well iceland <laughs> air does uh, flights that you can stop off in iceland before you go to london or somewhere in europe so if you have to go to tanzania through that way drop off in iceland oh i'll look that. after you for a couple of days and I'll, we're facebook friends now so yes, we know where each other are and, all, the time. Uh, all the all the people listening if you ever want to come to iceland just give me a shout it's like it's like the hot place to, to do oh and i'm waiting i'll tell you is i'm planning in the future a retreat for menopausal women in Iceland. I mean, if you're having a hot flush, where is the best place to cool down is Iceland. <laughs> Isn't it really green in Iceland, though? It is. It is. It's lovely. I've heard it's green in Iceland and cold in Greenland. It is. Greenland is just ice. It's just ice. Yeah, you guys it's need lovely. to just switch the names of your country so you don't confuse <laughs> the rest of us. <laughs> but I think, you know, Iceland, you can make that happen. Iceland only has 320,000 people in the whole country. And oh, we're, keep, we're trying to keep it a secret because, you know, if too many people come here, it will just be like everywhere else. Don't tell California. We we go everywhere. Everybody's and, mad at us for it. You know, how, <laughs> you know how like you were talking about the kids, people are so scared to put their kids out because of predators. The kids can't go out and play and things like that. In Iceland, it's not like that at all. And recently I, I started to foster a 13-year-old girl. I've become like a mummy again for the younger generation. And she has come from England. She's at the school here. And her mother told me that when she was at school, it was really difficult. She, she hated going to school and it was, oh, and just she could never go out and play. And ever since she's been in Iceland, she's been out playing every day. And, and oh. her mother came to visit her for her birthday. And she said, she's going out to play. She's got all these friends. She can out. Is it safe? I mean, of course it's safe. No, and the mother just couldn't believe that her daughter had developed so well. And, you know, we're just looking after her while the family are going through a difficult situation. And the mother was saying to her, 
maybe I'll move to Iceland. <laughs> oh, I mean, just the difference you made for that little girl is enormous. Yeah, we have animals. Our secret is we have dairy goats and chickens and pigs. Oh, wow. uh, we don't have a big yard, but we well, have enough of a yard that this gets my kids outside climbing trees and taking care of animals. That's like my screen safe trick nice. is just to put stuff in my yard so that they're outside a lot. Cause I have no tech days where they're not allowed to be on a screen. Okay. And uh, other days they spend a lot of time on their screen. So they're hardly picked on, but being outside in nature, it's just it's great. Uh, talk about being healthy. And for us too, when we're menopausal, right? Taking hikes and getting out yeah. there. Well, yeah. we actually two weeks after the girl came to me, a friend contacted me and said, can you take my dog? We have new neighbors and they're not giving us permission to have the dog. And so we took the dog. <laughs> I said to the girl, um, if we want to take this dog, it's your dog. Will you look after it? Yes, 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 yes. And so she's taken out for a walk, but it's a sheep dog. So it's kind of dragging her, you know. Aww. And then she said, it's more, more hard work than what I thought. I said, well, you promised. And she went, okay. So we're taking it to doggy training, but, and, but, and I'm getting, I'm getting trained as well because <laughs> you have to learn how to be with the dog. But the most amazing thing is that in the morning she goes out to school and then I take the dog for a walk. I had a heart attack in January and the doctor said to me, you have to do regular exercise. And even though I knew I had to do this, I was still busy in the house doing things. And one time I actually said to my husband about two months ago, do I have a death wish? The doctor said I must exercise and I'm not exercising. And the doctor says I have to eat healthy and sometimes I don't really eat healthy. You know, it's like, oh, this is hard. It's hard to make those changes. Uh And I really believe the universe sends you what you need. Oh, and so the, the universe sent me this dog, which is getting me out walking. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting hard out walking as well. With, <laughs> and I walk too. Post a picture of your puppy. I'll post a picture of mine too. Oh, there are next loves. Uh-huh. So I, 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 we're running out of time. So yes. I want to say thank you. Thank you very much. It's been great. And I'm sure our listeners have been like a fly on the wall listening to these two girlfriends chatting away. <laughs> And thank you very, very much for coming. Oh, Pauline, thank you for having me and for doing what you're doing. I think it's really important. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Menopause Morph, your time to change. If you've enjoyed the program, be sure to subscribe to the next one and please leave a rating and review on iTunes to help us spread the message about thriving through the menopause. To get a free ebook, more menopausal resources, and to connect with Pauline, please visit www.menopausemorph.com.